1: Hey, wrestling fans this is gary michael capetta and you're listening to the all night long wrestling podcast with the enforcer and the stallion oh,
0: Yeah!
1: it's the all night long wrestling podcast with the enforcer
0: i believe they're called enforcers gordon i sell women's shoes
1: and the stallion,
0: stallion baby i am not what you would call a handsome man you in the nuts and you'll smile at me and like it oh, nice. oh. hello and we are back with another edition of the all night long wrestling podcast he is your host he is a stallion i am the enforcer and this week we are joined by an incredibly special guest uh you might know him as the retrosexual. you might know him as the leader of the fanny pack, or you might know him as the Uncle Jesse of professional wrestling. Uh, Anthony Green, welcome to the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast.
1: What's going on, guys? I'm so happy to be here. <sighs>
0: <laughs> Listen, a uh, quick question right off the bat. Who has the better set of nicknames, you or David Starr?
1: Um, so I always believe that it is about the quality, not the quantity. So, I have better nicknames than David Starr
0: does. The Uncle Jesse of Professional Wrestling, you're welcome for the full house, is by far the greatest intro I have ever heard. So, and <laughs> not for nothing, David Starr never came on our podcast. So, without a doubt, you have the better nicknames.
1: At least until he comes on the podcast. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm
0: kidding. <laughs> uh, Right. Listen. Right off the bat, where does one find Danger Town, USA? So it's if you look on the map.
1: All right. So you you have the United States above is Canada, below is Mexico, and then you get in like your Dominican Republics, your Puerto Ricos, and stuff. If you go to the the right of the Dominican Republic, usually there you can find parts unknown. There's a small Uh, A small island right next to it. And in there, very small little town. It's called Danger Town, USA. But it's considered part of America, but it's not necessarily in the United States region.
0: So it was annexed, if you will. So that is, listen, I never, I'm 32 years old. I've never known that before. So now anybody who is wondering Danger Town, USA, you know exactly where to find that on the map and that is that's something i didn't expect to hear tonight so uh thank you for that listen before we get into all the amazing stuff you have going on um looking online i saw your first professional wrestling matches correct me if i'm wrong and you know cage matches never wrong uh july of 2012 is that true uh it
1: was actually a little before that i'm I'm sure that one says it was power league wrestling versus john monroe
0: with jt dunn as a special guest referee
1: uh, oh, so that was me and Jack Krueger, uh, and he was the special guest referee. So actually, my first ever match was uh, in May. It was May 6th, 2012, against Julian Starr for – it was basically at a, a, uh, a fair, so I'm sure that's why it's not listed. It was for a place called Wrestling Star Wars. Um, but So yeah, my, my first match ever listed was for NCW, but my first match ever – uh, was against Julian Star uh, at Wrestling Star Wars Kids Fest on May sixth.
0: Wow! And now, where were you training leading up to that? And how long did you actually train before your first match?
1: Oh man! So it's such a like weird, a weird story. So technically, I started in wrestling when I was thirteen years old, and that's when I technically started my training. But I don't consider my actual training uh, for wrestling until after I had my first match, uh, oddly enough, because I would go to trainings and I would learn how to bump and take the moves and stuff. But when I turned 16, I decided I wanted to be a referee and I refed from ages 16 to like 19. But when I turned 18, like right before I graduated high school, I went to this kids fest event excuse me and uh, I thought I was either gonna just maybe do a battle royal which I've done a few times and put on a mask and then maybe referee later but instead they decided to just throw me on the show uh my wrestling name was Josiah Matthews which I'm sure you read um and yeah I just ended up having a real match and then from there I found Spike Dudley's wrestling school a little, a little bit after, maybe a couple of weeks later or a month later. And I started training with uh, – the head trainer was H2O Ryan Waters. And I, I trained there, and then he was the one that kind of put it to me like, hey, you couldn't like, – at that point, I wasn't going to wrestle again. I was just – going like. there was that one match that I happened to have, and he was the one that pushed me to do a lot more in-ring drills than just taking a few slams and suplexes and hip tosses. He started making me do – all right, let's get in there, let's call a five-minute match, or let's do this, or let's do that. So I give them a lot of credit uh, at the Lockup Wrestling School uh, for forcing me to do so. And that's when I officially say I started my wrestling training, which was June 2012.
0: What I did not know that you wanted to be a referee. Uh, What kind of drew you to that position over being a professional wrestler in the beginning?
1: Um, because I was only 13 years old and I was so young, I I learned how to take the bumps and bruises and like, it hurt really bad. And like, I would go home from little small wrestling seminars and classes with headaches because I don't think my body was like ready to be taking that kind of like brutality. And when I was 15, uh, I I saw some guys that shouldn't really be in the ring refereeing. I'm like, why do these guys get to ref just because they're in their twenties or whatever? So when I turned 16, I told a promotion that I was, quote, training with that I I think I wanted to referee. Because for me, I don't think it was about being a wrestler. It was more just being a part of the wrestling business, whatever facet it may be in. And at the time, refereeing was like my easiest in.
0: Interesting. It wasn't about being a wrestler. So when was the retrosexual sexual born?
1: Uh, Believe it or not, I wrestled for five almost five and a half years before I, I figured out that I was the retrosexual. Uh, for a long time, I was just all good. Anthony green a uh, generic white meat, blue eyed baby face. Um, really nothing to me. I was just an unexplained wrestler in tights. And it was a talk that I had with a few other wrestlers where they basically told me you're not as jacked as Brian cage and you're not as athletic as an air Fox, but you have so much charisma what can you do different? What can you do better than anyone else? And I kind of just jokingly in, in our little group chat I pitched, hey, what if I was the retrosexual? And it just kind of clicked in their heads like, wow, that's like really cool. What what would you do? What would you wear? What would you say? Uh how would your character think? And I just kinda had answers for everything very easily. Because the retrosexual is more or less me. Uh, tuned up to 100. Like, I love 80s movies. I love 80s music. I wore the Zubaz pants in public and I would wear them to shows beforehand. I was already wearing fanny packs. So it just kind of made sense. It was just a matter of finding my voice and finding my niche. And uh, it, I really lucked out. Um, they always say in wrestling, and it's like the dumbest cliche, like, one day you're just going to wake up and you're going to get it. One day you're just going to understand. And like, there's no explanation to it. Everyone's, it, it I, I can't explain it, but you're just going to get it one day. And it's like the dumbest thing I've ever heard, but it's like the truest thing ever. I can't tell you how it, how the light bulb like went off in my head. But one day I woke up and I just, I had it. And it, it's so silly, but it's a, it's such a true statement.
0: And I think that comes across when people see you, uh, you know, when people hear you talk a lot of the you know greatest wrestlers of all time, they say their persona in the ring is just them magnified. You know, Ric Flair is uh, Ric Flair magnified and the rock was the rock magnified. So that definitely comes across. I think that's why you have such a great connectivity because you seem so, you know, so genuine. And as far as the eighties movies and that's listen, you have now become a favorite of the all night long wrestling podcast. Cause I, I just got a Funko pops of Miami vice. So that <sighs> should tell you where we stand. Thank you. Um, Now I would ask if you were a professional wrestling fan growing up, but I I think I know the answer. Because if people aren't, if they're following you at Retro AG, I want you guys to check out at Retro Collect Stuff, and you have some of the coolest memorabilia, nostalgia stuff that you own. When did you start? I mean, collecting all that stuff, and what's some of the favorite stuff you have on there? I can tell you right now, my favorite is the Hardcore Heaven '97 original T-shirt. I think that was awesome. Thank
1: you. Um, so I don't know the exact moment I started collecting. I think, I think it was one Christmas. My mom just got me all like the WCW uh, San Francisco toy maker figures, like the Jimmy Hart, Alex Wright, Hulk Hogan, Craig Pittman, all those guys. And I think that was like the initial – my initial memory of having the ring and everything. I also remember that same year, I think I got a guitar – and my mom thought that was like the big gift. And I remember like I think I played with it for a couple minutes and then I locked myself in my room and I was just like matchmaking uh with my WCW figures for the rest of the night, like for hours on end. But, um, and then – Geez, like when did the real collection start i guess like i always collected and i was always like a weird kid in the sense where like i begged my mom to let me like get two of everything because i wanted one to open and one to keep like so, so, so that's, strange. Strange.
0: that's so genius from like a such a young age uh I never I never thought, I mean, all my stuff, I have like a WWF ring that's ripped to shreds and an Ultimate Warrior wrestling buddy that just destroyed, but I still kept it. I mean, um, how do you come across that stuff? Is it like just what you find online, like uh, flea markets? What's the deal? There's some really, I mean, I think I saw a Jake the Snake Roberts Pez dispenser. There's all kinds of crazy stuff in there.
1: Oh, so the Jake the Snake, it looks like a Pez dispenser. It's actually a water gun. And I'm looking at it right now um, um so a lot of the stuff it just it just depends, so I used to do a lot of eBaying, but now, with the major wrestling figure podcast, uh I love them to death, but like they kind of ruined the action figure game like these these people online are like trying to charge forty dollars for like geez like a $5 toy and like it's to the point where flea markets are definitely my go to flea markets are just at shows or I have friends that like to get rid of their stuff my buddy Mike Pava actually the guy that sold me the Jake the Snake he sold me like a box of like bone crunchers and a few other cool toys I think he charged me like 50 bucks for the lot and they're all like mint on card in box just cause he didn't need them and he knows that Yes, they're worth a little more, but not much more. And like if he put them on eBay, he would have had fees on top of shipping. Like it just wouldn't have been worth it. So he'd rather just have the cash in hand. Um, But
0: yeah. And go to somebody who's going to appreciate them too and not try to resell them and stuff like that. So I think that adds a lot to it as well.
1: Exactly. He, He knows that they were going to a good home. He's actually the one that sold me the Hardcore Heaven 97 shirt as well and the Chris Candido shirt that I owned.
0: Oh, man, the the No Gimmicks Needed shirt. That's so cool. Actually, listen, while we're on the topic of games, I'll I'll put you on the spot. All-time favorite professional wrestling video game. Oh, geez. It's not easy. It's not easy.
1: Either I really enjoy Here Comes the Pain or real odd choice Def Jam Vendetta.
0: Really, I never played Def Jam Vendetta. I always thought it was more of like a, a fighting game with pro wrestling elements in it.
1: Um, yeah, it was a ring, so I consider it a wrestling game.
0: I think WCW did a, a video game where it was all backstage wrestling and there wasn't even a ring, so it's technically more of a wrestling game, you know, than the WCW one is. So, yeah, it was, that's
1: called, it, was, it was called Backstage Assault and Don't You Dare Disrespect It because that was a hell of a game.
0: There's no way anybody enjoyed playing Backstage Assault, dude.
1: Uh, except me, especially when I beat Vito for the hardcore title.
0: <laughs> I remember they had Thunder, which was also a pretty rough game. So I think those early PlayStation 1 games for w- WCW were a little tough to play. I mean, listen, the Nintendo 64 games, however, started a generation of video games WCW versus the world, WCW versus NWO Revenge. That's where my money went. Yeah, those
1: those were both great games. Um, I had another game in mind that I wanted to mention really bad. Oh, man, not uh, if we're going to talk about the worst wrestling games in history, let's talk about Backyard Wrestling, the video game. Both of them were awful, but also incredibly amazing that you got to play as indie wrestlers in some of those
0: games. I also think they had pretty awesome soundtracks, if I remember correctly. I didn't spend a lot of time with those, but... I I didn't know that you could play as indie wrestlers. So that's that. Yeah, so that was for it, PlayStation Two,
1: and that was PlayStation Two in the second Backyard wrestling game. And yes, there were two of them. Um, Sanjay Dutt was in it. Sandman was in it. Ruckus was in it. In um, the first one, you could play as this guy named Tom Dub, Madman Pondo, the Rude Boy, like all the Juggalos and Juggalettes were in the game um and yes the soundtracks were not bad juggalo homies homies
0: (laughs) (laughs) did i miss a juggalo championship wrestling video game they never came out with one right the jcw
1: never had a game but icp were a focal point in the uh the backyard wrestling first video game
0: were you a juggalo growing up
1: I was not a juggalo, but at a really young age, I found out about juggalo championship wrestling, which back in the day was known as juggalo championship wrestling. Um, I have all three volumes on DVD, and I, I still every once in a while will pick up like the gathering shows on DVD, like the, their legend shows or Bloody Mania. Um, my goal is to wrestle at a uh, at a gathering.
0: Uh, ICP had a DV- uh, VHS out called Stranglemania, and that was yes. where I was first introduced to. Um, I want to say it was uh, the Headhunters. Is that
1: is that the one where they just overdubbed commentary on the nineteen ninety five IWA Deathmatch tournament?
0: Yes, and they called him uh, Mushroom Boy and something else. And I I was probably like ten, and I think it was the I must have watched it a thousand times. It was the greatest thing I'd ever seen nobody i've ever talked to knew about Stranglemania, so i i can't thank you enough for being <laughs> on the show tonight i really can't um continuing on uh so the retrosexual was born like you said and i'm i'm become most familiar with you uh through beyond wrestling i mean i uh it's alive this year you and joey ryan was uh, hilarious but then i mean that was such a great uh, comedy match, if you will. But then, I mean, you had a phenomenal wrestling match with Gangrel. And you're on the, uh, the Retribution World Tour, which I believe started last year. Yep. And we're calling out uh, the Stars of Yesteryear. So uh, talk about the match with Gangrel. Because to me, I mean, Bell to Bell, that was just a really enjoyable old school wrestling match. What's it like to wrestle somebody that I'm sure you watched growing up and looked up to?
1: Um, so more, more so than even just watching him as a kid, uh, I met him in 2015 when I was wrestling in Vegas for this company called Paragon. And I just noticed how hard he still works. Like he could be the net. He deserves like that next PCO run. He's so good in the ring. Like one of the best wrestlers I've, Like I'm not just saying this to kiss his ass. He's one of the best wrestlers I've probably ever been in the ring with like intensity, his work, like just everything about him, like his, his charisma, like the crowd was into it right away. Um, I love the match. Um, I'll always find little things that'll bother me about every match that I have, but overall, like, I loved the match. Uh, and he got a please come back chant from the Beyond crowd, and I'm pretty sure beyond is going to work hard to bring him back at some point because he just worked his ass off and he, I clotheslined him on the floor and like, and he didn't punch me in the face for it. So um, and
0: when you lined him, it made a sickening thud on the ground.
1: He's, he's a sick man, but like one of the, he's one of the best ever.
0: I'd so I didn't, you know, with gangrel and PCO, now that you mentioned it, I mean, that writes itself, that would be fantastic. Uh, Beyond Wrestling is doing such really cool stuff with the Uncharted Territory, and I mean, the the atmosphere for you and Gangrel was so cool. And speaking of Uncharted Territory, this week was probably my, and I'm not just saying this, my favorite segment in quite some time. It was the uh, the GWO. Oh, thank you. Uh, I mean, the crowd was insane. the The big Stevie Cool. You have uh, you have a match coming up this Sunday. With Stevie Richards, dancing Stevie Richards, Big Stevie Cool at uh, Beyond Wrestling Lethal Lottery. I mean, what what could we expect on Sunday? And what was that atmosphere like on Wednesday? It just looked like so much fun. That's the only way I could put it. It just looked fun.
1: Uh, to answer that question first, I was really nervous about the segment. Because Beyond Wrestling is has always been known for their in-ring like the wrestling and they don't usually do promo segments like that. Like that's like a really rare thing. So I wasn't sure if I was going to like get turned on for it, if the crowd was going to just be bored and sit on their hands, but the crowd was into the entire segment. Like uh, the promoter drew Cordero at the end of the night, gave me like a big thumbs up. Like I asked him how he thought it went. He was like, you know how it went. It was awesome.
0: (laughs) Still nice to hear though. Still good to hear.
1: Yeah, I super kicked a cameraman for no reason. That was pretty awesome. Um, Sunday, I'm really excited. So I've met Stevie Richards a couple times. Um, I've never I've, – so I've wrestled Blue Manie. I've wrestled Thomas Rodman, and I've wrestled Hollywood Nova. I've never wrestled Big Stevie Cool. Um, so this will kind of, I guess, finish the circle – of uh, BWO members, I'm really excited for the match. So far, I've had two Retribution matches and Beyond. Uh, one with Victoria, one with Gangrel. They both got please come back chance uh, after the match, and we hugged and and shook hands at the end. Big respect. So I kind of plan the same thing. Hopefully, happens this Sunday. Um, they're expecting possibly the biggest crowd uh, in Beyond history this Sunday, which is really exciting in their debut in North Kingstown, Rhode Island um like i said i'm really excited for the crowd i know the crowd wants to go in they want to see stevie's best ofs i plan on kicking out of all of his best ofs and winning my first match on the beyond retribution tour
0: i wasn't going to bring up the win-loss record on the tour so i feel like there's (laughs) a good starting point uh it's going to be this sunday and stevie richards who is in better shape than most of the raw roster at this point in his life so Um, I'm really looking forward to that. And you mentioned, you know, uh, Victoria, Gangrel, Stevie Richards. Uh, Can you give us a little bit of a teaser of who else might be on this Retribution tour going forward?
1: All right. So I will start this and preface this by saying there are there is no one else officially announced. Um, This is strictly my list. Okay. Um, I'd really like to wrestle D'Lo Brown.
0: Awesome. Okay.
1: Uh, very high on my list is Two Cold Scorpio and C.W. Anderson.
0: This is so great. Okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, Tracy Smothers. Super crazy. David Arquette. Uh, if I can find a tag team partner, I think one of my biggest gets would be the Rock and Roll Express, after, especially after their most recent WrestleMania weekend appearance. Uh, versus EYFBO slash LAX. Um, and then I, I have a ton of other names, man. Psychosis is on the list. Um, Little Guido, Blue Meanie, just to
0: name a few. You are wrestling 1996, and I love everything about it. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. That And as far as Rock and Roll Express, I don't know if you saw their match last weekend at the NWA Crockett Cup with the Briscoes?
1: I saw the suicide dive that Ricky Morton did. Uh
0: I'm so into the Rock and Roll Express in 2019. I think it's, it's amazing. And I would love to see every match uh, you just mentioned. And if there's something that comes to mind, I'm definitely going to tweet you because there's so, man, I just, that's, I think the little Guido match possibly has the most appeal. And if we could have Tommy Rich out, you know, maybe FBI, I think it's, it's got a lot of potential.
1: Yeah, Um. honestly, my goal is I just want to make sure that the guys that I'm wrestling are guys that I feel can 100% still, like, go in the ring. Uh, there, there's a ton of legends I could wrestle. Like, I wrestled with Tony Atlas, and I really enjoyed the match with Tony Atlas. It was really entertaining, but I also want to make sure it's the match that a Beyond crowd is going to want to see.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, I saw Little Guido wrestle Killer Cross at House of Hardcore about a year ago and the match tore the house down. So I totally see what you mean. It's not, you know, it's you want for the experience, but you also want to have a great match. And I think everybody you just mentioned on there would be uh, would be awesome. So definitely check out this Sunday uh, Beyond Wrestling Lethal Lottery. Um, However, you were a very busy man. uh, WrestleMania weekend. Yes, the WWN live uh, super show, the seven way elimination match. There were so many people in it, it was Shotzi Blackheart. Uh John Silver was in that match, Harlem Bravado. You came out on top. Um, I don't I don't want to speak for everybody, but I think the match stole the show. It was one of my favorite matches um, of that show. Thank you. And you earned an a, a WWN, excuse me, contract. Uh tell me what that first of all what that match was like, because I can't imagine a match with seven people being very easy and what that experience was like signing the contract in front of everybody.
1: Um so yeah, man, the the match is really difficult. You have you have seven different people. Oh well uh, Cyrus Satin got eliminated very quickly after getting uh, eliminated by Shotzi. But everyone just has a, a different style of wrestling. Um, especially having a, a talented female like Shotzi Blackheart, like it just kind of changed the the way the match uh, was really set. You know, um, she was incredible. Uh, Colby Carino, you know, he's a he's a second generation wrestler. He's really good. You have Har- a guy like Harlem Bravado who's just trying to keep his spot and you know really cement his spot in evolve wrestling and in the WWE. And he's been there forever. Uh, for years, you know, he was in Ring of Honor, Dragon Gate, if all. He's been there for a while. And then you have guys like Barrett Brown. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, but he's a former NWA World's Junior Heavyweight Champion. So I was in there with the world champion as well. And he's a guy that really stood out at past WWN uh, tryouts and seminars. And then you have John Silver who I believe is one of the best wrestlers in the world that just for some reason hasn't totally broke out. Like he's done PWG. He's the CCW world champion right now, but he just never had like that, that chance.
0: And he also has the hardest strikes out of any wrestler. I think ever. He,
1: uh, he kicked me really hard in the chest. (laughs) Um, so, like, the I really enjoyed the match. Um, the fact that that was my first ever match at my first ever WrestleMania weekend kind of made it mean even more to me. Um, the fact that I got to sign the contract in the middle of the ring in front of everybody was also incredible. It, it kind of, I was telling other people, it still feels surreal to me. Like, until I'm on that plane next week to Livonia, Michigan. It's just like, it, it doesn't feel real, even though I know it is. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, the most recent Pro Wrestling Illustrated just came out, the online edition, and it comes to print in a few weeks. And there is a, a nice little write-up, uh, a couple quotes from me, as well as the picture of me getting handed the WWN contract. Um, so that like, just kind of really verifies like how real this is. Like, I'm not dreaming anymore. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I believe it said one to watch out for, too. So, I mean, I, I love mag. – I'm a big magazine guy, too, so I, I think that's amazing. And I'm glad you brought up next week. And Evolve 127 is May 10th in Michigan. And uh, I know you're going to be on the card. Can we break some news? Do we have an opponent announced yet?
1: I would love to break some news, but I don't have any news to break. No, um, yeah, my matches are yet to be announced uh, for either day. There's so much talent, though, that's also yet to be announced, like on Saturday's show in Indianapolis, Kurt Stallion's match is yet to be announced. Ace Perry's match is yet to be announced. Leon Ruff's matches yet to be announced. Those are three guys I would love to get in the ring with. Regardless, it be a fatal four-way, a triple threat, a singles match. Uh, Kurt Stallion from last year is one of like, my favorite opponents I got to get in the ring with. Also at an Evolve show. That was my Evolve debut was in a four-way where Kurt Stallion ended up beating me. Maybe it's time for me to return the favor. Um, I'm just really pumped for the weekend. And for me, yeah, I don't have a match announced yet. But more importantly, I think it's a matter of just getting the eyes on me that weekend. It's, uh, I'm very new to the Midwest region, so it's awesome that that gets to be my first official weekend. And as long as I walk out with a W uh, in both of my matches, I think that'll show them more so that I'm ready for the bigger opportunities. Because this weekend's just weekend number one. I'm looking towards the WWN Live, you know, championship. I'm looking towards the Evolve championship if I can find myself a partner, I'm looking at the tag team titles. I'm not just in there to, I guess, make a name for myself. I'm in there to you know, leave with some hardware.
0: And I'm glad you brought up uh, you know, from the Midwest. And just in case you're not from the Midwest and you can't make it to the shows this weekend, Club WWN is awesome. It's got all the Evolve shows live streaming. Check them out on there. The WWN Live Super Show is on there. It's for such a good price. I mean, there's so much wrestling to be seen. And like you said, I mean, I I was looking at the card earlier today and like Leon Ruff, Kurt Stallion, those are some of the guys I I feel like, Evolve is such a rich history. I mean, their first ever match was Kyle Riley versus Bobby Fish, and now look where we are in twenty nineteen. Look where those guys are. So Evolve is such a depth of talent that, I mean, even the guys from NXT are coming over and popping up. And you have Cash Asono this weekend, formerly known as Chris Hero. You've got Adam Cole, uh, who from NXT after this weekend's victories, who from NXT that pops into Evolve? Would you like to uh, make a stop on the Retribution tour? Uh, I have two names,
1: uh, both for different reasons. Actually, no, I have three names, all for different reasons. Number one would be uh, Dominic Dijakovic for the sole reason that he's a guy that like, I started when – I, when I switched over to the New England Wrestling Academy, he's one of the, the first guys I started training with. When I was really early and I needed a place to stay before a show, he let me sleep at his house, and he still to this day is one of my best friends. Um, so I'd love to be able to wrestle him now that he's in WWE. Number two would be, I wouldn't consider him an NXT guy, but he has thrown out there on social media that he wants to wrestle for Evolve. And that's Mike Canellis. Reason being, he was probably like one of my first high profile matches on the indies when I was only two years in. And he helped me a lot when I first started training at Spike Dudley's wrestling school. Back in 2012 and 2013. He was like one of the main guys to really help me. And last but not least, this one specifically is because I think his character and my character would mesh so well. And I think this match just screams money. I'm pretty sure you could guess it. It would be myself versus Velveteen Dream.
0: Uh uh, that's the first person I thought of. Um, I can just imagine the in-ring work, don't get me wrong, but the promos, you guys talking to each other, that would be that would be great. We're, uh, huge fans of uh, Mike Canellis here too. And it's funny, Dominic Dijakovic, uh, we just had Josh Briggs on the show a couple weeks ago, and he also said the exact same thing. You did everything about Dijakovich. Um such a great guy in the ring. I'm going to throw another name out there at you. I know you're very familiar with uh, the Intergender Wrestling how about Candace LeRae versus the retrosexual Anthony Green?
1: Wow, I mean, to give her credit, she is probably like the first woman, like on the indies, that really made intergender wrestling famous. Her, her and Joy Ryan as a tag team really changed the game when it comes to intergender wrestling. If that opportunity ever came up, I would not say no. Uh, she's absolutely incredible. I would hate to even say that she's a great women's wrestler because I think it's fair to say she's just a great wrestler. Um, Agreed. Yeah, I, I, no questions asked. If the opportunity ever came up to have an intergender match with a Candice LeRae I, in a heartbeat, her her or a, a Mia Yim as well, like like super talented women.
0: Do you think we're going to see that um, in regards to the intergender wrestling? I know there's this, you know, there's the pro and the, you know, the, there's both sides of it. And people are like, Oh, it's not, uh, there is a good meme online. It's like, Oh, it's so not real. And then there's a picture of the undertaker. It's like, really? Cause I've met plenty of women that could kick anybody's ass. So, I, I'm a huge fan of intergender wrestling, like you mentioned, Mia me, Yim, um, Candice LeRae, Britt Baker, uh, Shayna Baszler, Kimberly. I mean, these girls are all just phenomenal athletes, and I think that's one of the biggest credits to Beyond Wrestling. Beyond Wrestling has built up such, you know, a name for themselves with their intergender wrestling and their women's wrestling, including the WWR. I mean, is that something we're going to see more going forward? What do you think? Um.
1: Definitely never say never, especially like we just talked about my match where I won the contract. Shotzi Blackheart was in the match. Um, very like very different. And then that same show, uh, Brandy Lauren teamed with Austin Theory against Darby Allen and Priscilla Kelly in an intergender tag match. So I think a lot of promotions that were maybe against it. Are maybe like teasing the idea a little more, like at least getting their feet wet with the idea of intergender wrestling. There, there are three girls I can name right now um, on the independents that I would love to wrestle before they get picked up by the WWE, and that's Chris, uh, Chris Statlander, uh, Kylie Ray, and Tessa Blanchard. Those, like I think, like like I said, those are not three great women's wrestlers. Those are three great pro wrestlers.
0: Absolutely, great athletes, great wrestlers. And Tessa Blanchard had one of my favorite matches of WrestleMania weekend against uh, Ricky Shane Page for Incredible. at Pancakes and Pile Drivers.
1: Incredible match.
0: Yeah, that, I mean, and just I, I completely agree with you. So, if any promoters are out there listening, and you're looking to you know book some matches before these girls get swooped up, or you know. Anthony Green versus Tessa Blanchard has money written all over it. Now, listen, before we let you go, I have to ask you the question that we ask every single person that has ever done this podcast, and I am in the minority here. Joe and I, we are split down the middle. I am team Bret Hart. Joe is team Shawn Michaels. One of them has got to go all time. Who do you side with, Bret or Shawn?
1: So just based on you being the minority – I know you're a Bret Hart fan, <laughs> so Shawn Michaels. True. Sean Michaels is the answer. Shawn Michaels that's forever.
0: <laughs> it's like, it's probably like thirty-five to two or three. All I can remember is me, Gary, Michael, Capetta, and Solo Darling are the only people that were on Team Bret Hart. You know that's, what? That's good company.
1: That's not knocking Bret Hart. That's just that's like comparing like a cheeseburger to a filet mignon, like. <laughs>
0: whoa that's that's a stiff statement i mean that's i i think you have if you look at it it's what you value more i just happen to think bret hart is the best there is the best there was and the best there ever will be but that's also the kidding me what can i say
1: Shawn michaels will always be the showstopper and mr wrestlemania <laughs>
0: Tomato, tomato. That's all right. Well, listen, uh, before we let you go, I also want to give you credit on um, possibly my favorite T-shirt in the business right now, which is your Beavis and Butthead um retrosexual AG T-shirt over on Pro Wrestling Tees. Uh, as huge fans of Beavis and Butthead that we are, that shirt is uh, amazing. And everybody listening to this podcast right now should go to prowrestlingtees.com and type in Anthony Green and buy that shirt uh, immediately.
1: Uh, fun fact, that shirt – is only available. That shirt and the Pac Man shirt are only available on Pro Wrestling Tees. I've never printed them. So if you have one or want one, you can only get it on ProWrestlingTees.com backslash Retro AG.
0: Be sure to go to Pro Wrestling Tees and be sure to follow uh, Retro AG on uh, Twitter and Instagram and also uh, at Retro Collect Stuff over on Instagram to see the all of the cool stuff that you have on there. And if you have. Uh, Listen, we need you to get a couple of wins this weekend, so when you show up at Evolve 129 in our backyard at La Boom in Queens, where we're going to be, we'll see you getting a title shot. Can, can, we, can we put that out there in the universe? I mean, yeah.
1: I, the, the goal is to not lose. So after I win next weekend in the Midwest, I, uh, it'll actually be my, my first wins in the Midwest. I've yet to win a match ever in the Midwest. So I'll have two of them, so that, that'll help a lot. Also, my Michigan wrestling debut, if I didn't mention that already. Um, So that's pretty cool. Uh, Yeah, I plan on winning. And then maybe Boom, whether that be a shot at Austin Theory's title, whether that be J.D. Drake's title, or if I can find myself a partner, me and Josh Briggs are best friends. Maybe him and I will team up and take on uh, Joe Gacy and uh, Eddie Kingston.
0: Sign me up for any of those matches. And uh, best of luck this weekend beyond wrestling. Lethal Lottery. Um, retrosexual Anthony Green versus Big Stevie Cool, Stevie Richards, and then next weekend, Evolve 127-128. You are a busy man, my friend. We thank you for taking time out of your day to stop by the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast.
1: Oh, no, absolutely. Also, I retract my statement on calling uh Bret Hart a cheeseburger.
0: I mean, I love cheeseburgers, but by comparison to a filet mignon, it was a little stiff.
1: Yeah, he's he's more like a T-bone.
0: <laughs> Bret Hart is now a T-bone. I want everybody to quote that from the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast. Be sure to tune in again next week. And don't forget, at RetroAG, at All Night Long WP, and we're tapping out.
1: With the Lucky Land Slots. you can get lucky just about anywhere.